Let us pray. Lord, we thank you that um, amid everything, because of what we have read, because you are our refuge and strength, even when there's so much turmoil, we can put our trust in you. So we pray that you speak to us now, in Jesus' name. On our recent half-term break, then Becky and I uh, spent two days in Chichester. And uh, while we were there, we visited RAF Tangmere, as I'm sure some of you will have done. The airfield is closed now, uh, but there's an excellent museum there, and in, it's in some of the old buildings that uh, you can just imagine being occupied during the Battle of Britain. Uh, it's a museum that brings to life some of those things in the run-up to and during World War II and in the years afterwards as well. I've never visited Tangmere before, but I probably will again. The place was very much on the front line. Pilots, when they took off from there, were over the English Channel in less than one minute. Uh, and... Uh, ready to face whatever threats were coming. Outbound, uh, people would take off from there and some would return, but some not. And they were also vulnerable to incoming things too because of being so close to the coast. The place was bombed many times and many on the ground were killed. I had an uncle who was a Spitfire pilot and he, I know he was based there for uh, time, and this prompted me to read, to reread part of his biography. It was a very good reminder to me. The visit was a very good reminder to me just before Remembrance Time of the events of the past and why we remember. They're so important today. Many of the effects that we enjoy today, freedom and so on, we don't always use it well, do we? but uh, the freedom we have is due to things in the past. Actually, one of the reasons why the Christian church is uh, so much at the heart of remembrance occasions all across the nation is because Christians follow Jesus. And his earthly ministry was long ago and far away, but his death for us then uh, was essential people being right with God today. And that's why we live in the shadow of the cross of Christ. The book that Jesus quoted most often in his teaching was the Psalms, and so it's appropriate that we go back to it often, and today I'd like to unpack uh, Psalm 46. So if you have a Bible close to hand, I would encourage you to open it as our first reading on page 656. Psalm 46 tells us that God himself is our refuge, whatever happens. The psalm is in three sections, teaching that uh, he's Lord in three ways. He's Lord, first of all, over nature, verse 1 to 3. Verse 2, uh, he, 
is well, verse 4 and on to verse 7 secondly he's, he's lord over his city and anyone who attacks it that city of course it can be literally a city or a heavenly community in the future and thirdly he's lord over the whole warring world uh, verses 8 to 11 the first section reminds us that it's a, oh, a world full of turmoil that we inhabit. Just have to turn on the news or flick open a newspaper to see that, to be reminded how vulnerable people are to all kinds of man-made conflicts and injustice and disorder and so on. Man-made things and also natural disasters too. There are plenty of those make the news. Against this background, then, Psalm 46 is a defiant declaration of confidence in God. We can be confident in God. Whatever turmoil is going on, whatever the ups and downs of life around us, verse 1 tells us that God is ever-present in all the ups and downs of life. And the word that jumps out from verse 2 is the word therefore. Therefore, because God is present, that's the reason why we won't fear. Just earlier on as we sang the hymn, and uh, even when reading this, I find myself thinking about Jesus and his disciples in the boat on Lake Galilee in the storm. Jesus sleeping peacefully. He's sleeping peacefully, but his disciples are panicking. Some of them are seasoned fishermen, but they're panicking, and they think they're about to drown. So they wake him up. And then Jesus calms the storm. He leaves them asking, who is this? That even the wind, even the waves, obey him. Psalm 46 reminds us that our security is in God, not in our circumstances. He's enough for any situation. So we can be confident in him. The second section of the psalm, verses 4 to 7, uh, then goes on to say that even if the nations are in uproar, that's the phrase that's used in verse 6, God is the fortress for all who trust and turn to him. I recall the words of a soldier called Jeff Struker, uh, whose helicopter was shot down in enemy territory, and he and the other survivors of this, uh, they found themselves under a brutal attack, uh, and, and most of them were killed. But even amid that hail of bullets, Jeff was able to stay calm because he remembered, basically, what's here that whatever else is going on, he could be confident in his God. An interviewer asked him, and he foolishly did this live on the news on BBC. It was great. Uh, And uh, Jeff said that his relationship with God gave him peace. Even when his friends were dying all around him, people being shot, and he thought he might be next, he was at peace. He was calm because 
as Psalm 46 says repeatedly, the Lord Almighty is with us, whatever is happening, and he's our fortress. The final section of the psalm, verses 8 to 11, teaches that God is Lord over the whole warring world. We've already seen in verse 6 uh, that uh, God says, He lifts his voice and the earth melts. Wherever uproar there is, that's the kind of God we serve. And then in verse 9, he says he will make wars cease. Isaiah 2 teaches about this. And uh, there's that famous saying about swords being beaten into plowshares. That's a statue that uh, to this day stands outside the United Nations headquarters in New York. A sword being beaten into a plowshare. So even as we remember those who died in war, uh, we find that God's will is peace. God's will is something better. He always has something better in store. And just as Jesus said to that uh, raging storm, quiet, be still. So stillness is what God calls for in this psalm. Probably his best known verse is verse 10, the verse that we've sung already, be still and know that I am God. God is Lord over one particular city that's referred to here, but also he's Lord over Parkstone. And he's Lord over war. He's Lord over nature. He's Lord over everything. But what he calls for is stillness. Remember Elijah? He found that uh, God wasn't in the earthquake or the wind and the, or the fire. But he was in the still, small voice. There's plenty of turmoil in the world, as we all know. But when we tune into God's still, small voice, that is where we hear him. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that uh, you are a God who is, as the psalm says, ever-present, an ever-present help in trouble. You are always there. There's nowhere that we can go, no situation too grim that we can find ourselves in that's beyond your reach, because everything is within your reach. Well, we're sorry for the times then we've doubted you or wandered in such a way that uh, we think we're beyond your reach, but we know that we are not. We pray, please, that you will draw us back and that we will, in the words of this psalm, be still and know that you are God. Thank you that you are, in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I ask you please to stand and we'll affirm our faith.
we know what God is like because Jesus came in human form and showed us the character of God. So let us affirm our faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Though he was divine, he did not cling to equality with God, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a slave, 